0: Welcome to the true safety podcast with Apollonia Rockwell where each week you hear from safety industry experts and leaders discussing safety culture Team development and the future of the safety industry If you are looking for help with your safety program or have questions head to true safety services.com slash podcast Let's get started
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the True Safety Podcast. I'm your host, Apollonia Rockwell, and I am smiling ear to ear because I have already had such a great off air conversation with Gary Bonnet. Guys, Gary is here with Safety Culture. He has over 20 years of experience in the safety industry. Gary, how are you this morning?
2: I'm great. I'm really looking forward to this for sure. (laughs) It's been a blast already.
1: Yeah, we were talking offline, everyone, about how we actually could do a podcast on our two children my two girls, his two boys, his boys are eight and six, mm-hmm. and they're out of control as my daughter as my daughter is out of control. she wants to fight all the time, and Gary's telling me that boys are something else,
2: yeah they're they sh- they really are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well awesome I just I'm really excited to chat with you I know that you're a professional in this industry but what's really exciting to me is just I want to figure out like how in the heck did you get here and what is your story how did you get into safety why I have why questions why did you get into safety and just take us and then and then to end up at safety culture I'll um we didn't plan this because just because I used the platform guys, but this will be the sh- the shameless plug. I've used safety culture since the beginning of my safety career and it is the only platform we use for safety inspections. And yeah, so I can't wait to even get the inside <laughs> scoop of what's, up and coming and what's what's exciting going on at Safety Culture. But anyways, Gary, tell tell us your story. How did you get here?
2: Well, I really appreciate that. And uh so my story, I grew up in uh in West Virginia and uh being in a household where your dad is the local fire chief and he's been he was the fire chief at our local volunteer department for 40 years. Um, you really get that selfless service, like ingrained into your DNA and and that's really what God ingrained in myself and my sister and I always wanted to be there at a at a moment's notice whenever people needed me and mm-hmm. uh, and going throughout like my childhood I grew up in the fire department and then uh, after I got out of high school I, I really wanted to be a firefighter and uh, so I let that lead me into uh, into the Air Force two months after uh, 9/11 and and uh, wow. it, it was it really gave me uh, the essence of, you know, that service before self. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I let that kind of lead my my life's path. And I spent 11 years in the Air Force as a, a firefighter and an intel analyst. But whenever I got out of the Air Force, I was like, I still want to do something in safety. Um mm-hmm. So I got into, uh, to mining safety and then let that lead me into, into oil and gas and manufacturing safety. And all during that time, it had the same type of, of heart or the same type of vision that of where I wanted to be of like why I wanted to make an impact. And, uh, and during that time, uh, I actually was using, um, safety cultures platform, our, our main feature of iAuditor and, uh, over the past eight years, really grew that into some really big return on investment, amazing use cases that weren't just safety. Because whenever we look at being uh, there for people, we're looking to help, we're looking for operational efficiency, whether that's in safety and quality, um, environmental or maintenance and reliability. And that's mm-hmm. what we did as well, as we really standardized those processes and empowered that front line. And, uh, at the end of the day, had some great ROI. And then this past November, I had the opportunity to come on board at Safety Culture uh, to be the head of customer engagement where I can help be that conduit between industry and tech and tech and industry um, and help our customers really realize that return on investment as quickly as possible.
1: Oh my goodness. I think that who better in this customer engagement role than somebody who has not only used the product, but somebody who's been in the industry as long as you have, with um, with the type of experience, not just in one industry too, to, you know, oil and gas and construction and, and everything else. The EMS side, it's mm-hmm. it's a beautiful background to set you up to really understand your customers' needs, their pain points, and all the above. So, what it? I mean, tell us. Going back to to the EMS side and it sounds so clear that your passion is to help and your passion was to serve. And so what was it like when, what was the safety, when you heard the word safety culture 10, 15, 20 years ago, what did that even mean compared (laughs) to what it means now? Did it even mean anything <laughs> back then? People <laughs> keep your real on the podcast. And one thing is like there was one safety culture i guess what comes to my mind but maybe it's different i don't know
2: <laughs> yeah I, I agree and and even for me even looking back you know 10 20 years ago of thinking about safety culture and what my job role was is i was guilty as as anybody else so of like i was really into that compliance type of mindset and and really missed the the humanistic side of being a safety professional of of being a business professional in, in the very beginning. And it really took the investment in some of that, that leadership and really focusing on trust and relationship building to really make that connection of like, Hey, we can have all of the the standards and the processes and the digitization every single day. But just like Brett Reed said in his uh, safety performance reimagined, is like, Mm -hmm. you have to have that fourth dimension. You really have to have that trust and leadership and relationships built to connect it all
1: yes 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 I feel like that was one of the first things I noticed getting into the safety industry was it was funny uh, we just recently did a podcast early this morning and I, I found myself in the same situation talking about getting into the safety industry I did not love my peers I did not love other people in the safety industry because they were safety cops. They were arrogant and rude and mean to the field guys and girls out there like busting their tails every day. And I just, I feel like I maybe saw what not to do or maybe how to not treat people. And I knew though, so I'm like, all right, I'm in a predicament one, all the field guys, they hate safety people kind of a challenge I need to get past. How am I going to do that? But two, they, I feel like the reason why they don't like safety professionals was there was this kind of, like you said, there was this disengagement between ops and safety. One safety didn't understand the challenges that the field guys and girls, um, emotionally and physically went through every day. And there was not a want to learn what they do and there wasn't a common respect. And so, and then, plus I would always hear the guys say, Oh, they've never worked out here before. Like they've never done my job. And I thought to myself, well, Hmm, I will never be, I realize (laughs) I'll never be the best welder and I'll never be the best roust about hand. Like I could spend so much time out here with, with the guys that, but I'm still not going to be a subject matter expert. But then I, I started to think of it differently. And I thought, well, I don't need to be the subject matter expert in everything, but what I can do is when I'm holding a safety training, I can realize that they are the experts. And if I pull information out of them, instead of me pretending that I know it all, and I can have them share their stories. And, uh, you know, that's how we get an honest conversation about what's going on in the workplace. So do you see that often or how do you get safety professionals still coming to you and they're, you know, they're struggling to connect with their field team?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and that's what we've seen over the, the past 10 years is we've seen that, that shift of like, Hey, I'm, stuck in my ways. I'm only going to do it this way. This is the only way that I know how to, you know, do safety. Um, and from our standpoint is we flipped the script on this of like, we knew that we couldn't be the subject matter experts. And I'll even talk about like my first day uh, that these guys were so like disengage with safety because of the way that they had been treated in the past. Yeah. And I said, oh, my gosh, I have to do something different because they just like lashed out to me, like unbeknownst to me. And I was like, we've got to do things different. And I did the same thing that you did. I was like, hey, I've got to spend time out there with them. I've got to show them that I'm invested in this process the same way that they are. And I have to empower and engage them because they are the same subject matter experts. They are the ones in harm's way. They're the ones that are doing the work every single day. And really, that's the way that we have built the safety culture platform for is really for that empowerment of the frontline workers, because we see that whenever we empower and we gauge that frontline, man, they're so much more happy. They're so much more productive, less turnover, you know, less, less incidents. So why not do it that way?
1: Mm -hmm. Do you often, see with your clients or customers that the feel I that safety professionals are like all right I'm, sh- I'm trying to engage the front line I'm trying to engage the front line but do you oftentimes find after you've started working with clients for a little while that the front line wants their opinion to be heard they have been bottling up everything inside and they want their opinion and I feel like safety Sometimes safety professionals think, oh, they they don't have anything to say. They never have any suggestions, you know, but they they do. Right. Like, just like you said, they're happy to be sharing their opinion on an audit or something like. that, Right.
2: Absolutely. And, and that is exactly what we're seeing is like, they have so much of this bottled up that they have never been given the avenue or had the relationship or the trust built yeah. to actually effectively communicate that back into the organization and knew something was going to be done about it. Yes. And then it being be communicated back to the frontline of like, Hey, thank you for doing that. Thank you for giving us this. This is what we did about it. So once you build that relationship and like, demonstrate of like, yes, hey, once you submit this, something's going to be done about it. It's not going to go into a black hole. Then that's whenever the magic starts to happen.
1: I think you just spoke to the pain of every safety professional out there (laughs) listening is that, all right, we're really excited about a new program or we're excited about our audits. We're going to do things different. And it's the follow through that needs to happen with the front line to build that trust and to keep building that trust because we can do a great audit or we could have a great training whatever But just like you said, if there isn't anything done about a suggestion, or if somebody in the field doesn't audit and they've been dinging one thing over and over again and nothing's being done, that's when you lose the momentum. But how does so tell us about how safety culture is a solution for that disconnect, maybe with the frontline and the business, the organization itself?
2: Yeah, and this is something that I really like to talk about because, um, it used to be back whenever we started using, you know, the platform, it, it was kind of it into that, that point solution, but now it's really turned in to a full operations platform where it really creates that, that, um, continuous feedback loop inside of the organizations yeah. and whether that is using a, a, um, an inspection to to really go through a task or use the issues platform to do a quick capture of a, of a near miss or a good catch. Um, but like I always say, is you can't hide from the data of like you either did it or you didn't do it. And if something was assigned to you, you can't get away from it of like you've got to do something about it. But this is where the, the issues in the actions function of creating that transparency and allowing for someone that already has their phone in their hand at the front line to say, hey, this is what I need to have to be successful at my job. And whether that is assigning them an ed app course, so a little bit of micro learning or pushing out a toolbox talk inside of the the new heads up feature inside of iAuditor, that is where you really start to create that transparency and that communication from not from uh, traditionally from the top to the bottom, but from the bottom all the way to the top of your organization.
1: Wow. I think that that is, I mean, really going back to really speaking to the safety professional listening is that That's our goal. That's our want, right? That's our dream is how do we bind operations and safety? How do we work cohesively? And I love how you keep going back to the feedback loop within the organization. And can you tell me, can you tell us just our conversation, everyone listening in on it, but can you tell us how your product has helped companies During COVID and after COVID, because when you're talking about this feedback loop, communication feedback loop within companies, where my mind goes is COVID, dun dun dun, Mm -hmm. and then I think how freaking hard it was for my clients, for construction, oil and gas, manufacturing, trucking. Did it matter how how imperative it was that communication was constantly going through the company and almost providing confidence in the company when there was communication. So what did it look like during COVID times?
2: Yeah, and that's where the sweet spot inside of the safety culture platform was of really empowering, no matter whether it was a deskless worker or Mm -hmm. it was someone that was social distancing, no matter where they were, but really standardizing those processes, creating a digital platform that feeds back into the organization where your business leaders can say, hey, this is what These are the way that I can separate the signals from the noise and say, hey, this is what I need to do to make the best decisions for the organization, even though that we are dispersed and giving those frontline workers even more of a voice during that time. And that's where organizations really started to flourish of like they already built that muscle memory during there. So now as we come out of COVID, you know, the muscle memory is already there. Now they are expanding on it and creating even more transparency, utilizing their analytics to make the best decisions possible.
1: Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, my mind goes a couple of places when you talk about that is one, I'm only familiar with the iAuditor piece of safety culture. And so mm. for the listeners, maybe I should back up. What What is it all that safety culture offers? What What does it all do?
2: be. It- yeah, for sure. So the so the safety culture platform um, is the flagship with with iAuditor, um, but also we have EdApp, which is your micro learning that is you know right there in your in your hands um, as of today, um, and that's the way that we learn, right? Of like if we don't know how to do something, you know, what is a way to get a quick hit or learn how to do it? Hey, we're YouTubing it. So why yes. not harness that same type of mentality, whether it's in EdApp or inside of the head. Heads Up feature uh, inside of iAuditor where you can actually push this out to uh, to your organizations and have that transparency and they can learn in the way that they want to learn. Um, because believe me, I, I actually just got back from Sydney, Australia at our corporate office and there was nothing better than like being face-to-face with my team and my peers. Yeah. So face-to-face, like there is a whole nother level of, of need for that. But what about having the mobile first type of option to go? Along with it. So, um, right now we have uh, three different segments. We have uh, iAuditor, EdApp, and then we have our new uh, loan worker uh, application that we just purchased, which is Shesky. Um, and that is really coming from oil and gas um, and even manufacturing. That was a huge gap for uh, for us of like being able to, you know, really. Uh, track our employees to make sure like they were safe, um, and have that transparency for them that it wasn't another device. So, um, that is our operations platform. And, uh, man, we're growing every single day. Even in the five months that, uh, that I've been here, it has grown leaps and bounds. Oh
1: my gosh. And I keep hearing that's so exciting. And I love the iAuditor platform itself. I think that it provides. Beautiful reports that are easy to digest. I think that we've been able to use that um, template, customize our own templates, but we've been able to use that platform on drilling rigs, on truck inspections, on mining sites, um, you mm-hmm. know, everything under the sun. And it's just been it's been just so easy to consume when you're reading that yeah. audit.
2: It's very industry agnostic. Like, so we we play whether it's in in retail, you know, with uh, with Target, or you know, in agricultural and mining, whatever it may be. And that's the way that they wanted to to develop the platform, so that it was helping organizations do their best work every single day.
1: Oh, I love it! And you keep mentioning a. Did I hear you right? Was it a heads up? program or what is that what tell me about that
2: yeah, so Heads Up is a feature inside of iAuditor and uh this allows organizations to push out um whether it's a picture, a PDF or a video um about less than less than 3 minutes um to their frontline workers. So whether that's a, a toolbox talk, yeah. uh whether that is a weather alert, whether whatever it may be, it allows them to push it out, allows um the frontline and leadership to both engage in dialogue inside of that Uh, that media. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also for leadership to say, Hey, who has watched it or who do I need to follow up with as well? It's super powerful and it really helps with creating that, that transparency.
1: Oh, I love it. I can, I can see that being so advantageous to a ton of our customers, how that could be. And, and even going back to, um, how we learn today is these micro Micro learning segments, I feel like is is how our world has come to. I mean, that's how we learn Mm -hmm. other things. Why not business things, safety things? Mm -hmm. And so that micro learning, I think, is is huge. It's incredible. What about? I mean, just overall in the safety industry, what do you think is in the future for us? What is in the future of safety? I feel like VR is a hot topic. I think that. um, Actually, I think the. I love how you just going back to that constant feedback loop of this communication. I feel like the future is companies really communicating throughout all levels of the organization. You know, I know that there's Slack channels and things like that, but I I feel like the future is just feeling more connected because us as humans need to feel more connected with their organization. So I don't know. What are your What are your thoughts about that? What's the Future for you is anything exciting
2: for you? Yeah the uh, the future is super interesting and very exciting, and I think that you hit it right on the head. Is it's going to be a lot of this? It's going to be how can organizations really separate you know the signals from the noise to help them make the best business business decisions possible. Mm-hmm. And that's going to come from integrations with other platforms. It's going to come with utilizing their sensors of whether that be their phone or their watch or a sensor on their drilling rig or um, a, an air monitor. Um, we're going to see a lot more of that integration. Yeah. Uh, I believe also that... Just like the uh, the safety manager uh, has evolved over the years of like we're going to see them be more of the improvement officer that is out there of like they are in charge of improvements, whether that is, you know, we've seen it, you know, safety manager and we've seen it go from. HSE manager and then quality and safety and all of this I think that we're going to still see that a- evolve over the years um, and you're gonna see those people that know the the DNA of how to improve processes in an organization you know continue to grow their skill set
1: oh my gosh that speaks to my heart I completely agree with you uh, interviewing safety professionals, from around the world here on the podcast that is the common theme that so many professionals are talking about is really this integration between safety and operations and the business itself is that the the future how a lot of people are seeing it is that there won't There'll always be a safety department, but it won't be so departmentalized, I guess, is what they see. It's more of a process improvement, um, support role, things like that, and really diving into improvements really on systems, more.
2: Yeah. And that's why I actually went back to Texas A&M to get my MBA is because I wanted more business acumen. I I didn't want to just be a one hit wonder in in safety. I wanted to have more business acumen so that we could have overall business discussions and really lead with safety, lead with that heart, lead with the humanizing of our people. And uh, so that was kind of like my why in that. Yeah. Oh my
1: gosh. Wow. Well, I mean, what are, um I, I just looked at the the time and i can't believe i've almost taken 45 minutes of your time Whoa, the time has gone by really really fast but i mean to kind of put this onto an end i mean gary your energy is through the roof it's i can feel your passion i'm not kidding through the through this microphone that's broken, <laughs> that's not working right now, I can really feel that you're really passionate about the frontline worker. And that's really, really special. I think that you're making an imp- a huge impact and uh, all because you have this heart for the actual worker. And what are some final things that you personally are really passionate about um, with the work that you do? Is there any like special projects or just anything that you're, you have your eyes on that you're really focused on?
2: You know, it, it really comes down to making sure that you have a shared purpose and vision in life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's why I joined the organization because I believe in, uh, you know, our founder and CEO, Luke and of like why he started safety mm-hmm. culture in the first place is to help organizations do their best work every single mm-hmm. day. And there hasn't been uh, another organization where I've seen so much alignment in my own personal values and the values that they uphold every single day. And that's kind of like my, my mission moving forward is really to help spread that message, you know, and uh, help organizations get into the platform and showing them how it can change their life of reducing stress because if you're managing paper every single day or uncontrolled processes, you know, your life is a mess and life is difficult, no matter what you put into it. So why not ease that up? But then on the other end of it, making sure that we're taking care of our frontline workers, the people that are doing Mm -hmm. the work and how it can help save lives and transform organizations.
1: Absolutely. Oh my gosh, guys, if you are, well, I don't even need to say if, I know that if you're listening to this show, you are committed to taking your safety, to taking your safety program to the next level, but also take, taking the business, taking the company that you're working with, your clients that you are focused on improving. And so since I know that you're committed to that in 2022, take a look at the resources that are available to you today to make that happen. I personally use safety culture. Um, It's an incredible, easy to use platform. And I love how you said that if you if you're a safety professional or you're just, you know, any professional and you are still pushing paper and you are spending your time on administrative tasks all throughout your day, think again, because you need to be more productive with your time. Kind of like we mentioned the time that should be spent out in the field, building relationships. Um, I get it as a safety professional, we could get bogged down with the paperwork stuff, but with technology, uh, that we have at our fingertips today it doesn't have to be like that. So, um, thank you so much Gary for being here for sharing what safety culture is up to. Um, you know, all the the bells and whistles and features that are available on the market today. Thank you for sharing your passion and your why. Um, gosh, yes. You're incredible. You're an incredible <laughs> human. <laughs>
2: I appreciate you so very much, and it was uh, it was a total blast. And this is definitely a check off of my bucket awesome. list. Awesome,
1: guys! If you want to, um, if you have any follow up questions, I'm sure there might be some. Tech questions or just questions about the the platform itself. What exactly is safety culture? We're going to link everything um, into the bio of this podcast show or wherever you're listening to this. We will link safety culture. We're going to link Gary's direct information so that you could contact him if you want to learn more about the platform and what it offers. So feel free to reach out to Gary directly if that's okay, Gary. Kind of just put that out there. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but, um, awesome. Well, thank you again. I hope let's stay thank connected you. and, uh, um, I would love to talk again soon. So.
2: Great. Thank, thank you so too. very much.
0: Thank you for listening to the true safety podcast with Apollonia Rockwell. If you are looking to save time and money with your safety program this year, we'd love to hear from you head to true slash podcast to schedule a free call with our team where we will help you identify the biggest opportunities for growth in your company and safety program, and we'll connect you with the right resources to help you grow. Again, that is truesafetyservices.com slash podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends. If you know anyone who needs to hear this episode today, click the share button and send them this episode.